Welcome to Thoughtfully Mindless. My guest in this episode is Dr. Jawad Mustafa. Dr. Mustafa has been in the healthcare industry for over 17 years. He's a family physician and he's an ultrasound specialist. He specializes in obstetrical, gynecological, and breast ultrasound. He also runs a nonprofit at bebreastaware.org. We have a deep conversation regarding breast cancer in this episode, like what causes it, how you screen for it, and what to do when you have a concern. And with that, let's welcome Dr. Mustafa. Dr. Mustafa, thank you for joining me today. Most welcome. So we're going to talk about breast cancer today. Um, just to get a baseline, what is breast cancer exactly? What are we talking about? Uh, like any other cancer, breast cancer is basically a collection of cells uh, that are not following the r- uh, regular or routine mechanism of the body. Like every uh, body cell, it has its own control systems, whether from the brain or from the local system uh, in which it is present, like uh, the liver or kidneys or any cell of the body. So all these systems are controlled by a definitive mechanism which controls their growth, their, uh, you can say, cell division or their programmed cell death. So these cancer cells are basically either mutated or damaged cells with damaged DNA, which uh, doesn't follow the regular command of the body system. So these damaged cells, these, uh, you can say, uh, modified cells, which are not under any direct control of the body, when they start to grow, they start to uh, increase their number in their size, they start to invade the surrounding uh, structures. So these cells are called cancer cells. So any structure of the body can have these kind of cells. Uh, There are basically two divisions of these cells. One is uh, the cancerous one and the other is the non-cancerous one. The cancerous ones are those which invade or which destroy the surrounding structures and they have the capacity or tendency to grow beyond their own uh, premises. So these are called cancer cells. The other ones are the non-cancerous lumps, like any uh, lipoma. Lipoma is basically the fatty collection under the skin. So these are uh, the masses or these are the lumps which are contained, which doesn't have the tendency to grow beyond their own borders. So there are basically two types. One is the cancerous one and other is the non-cancerous ones. Both have the tendency to grow, but one has a limitation that it will remain in its own boundary. The other one, it will grow beyond its boundary and it will spread. So like all these mechanisms and all these cells, breast cancer cells are basically either formed in the ducts or in the glands. And sometimes they involve the skin, sometimes they involve the lymph nodes and the underlying tissues, the the muscles. And when they grow and when they spread, they can spread towards the liver, towards the bone. So these are all, all the, you can say, the manifestations of breast cancer that it can be seen either on the skin or it can be seen deeper in the tissue or different parts of the body, which we have to scan through ultrasound or you can say CT scan or MRIs and all that. Is there a general, well, first of all, at what age does this typically happen? Um, at what age do people typically get cancer of the breast? Uh, earlier, it was mostly a disease uh, that was linked with older women, like above the age of 40, 45 years, or even uh, later one. But in uh, recent years, the trend is changing. It is shifting towards the younger side also. And uh, in today's scenario, there are cases even in the 20s also. So in females, uh, this is becoming the leading cause of deaths even in the younger age also, in their 20s and 30s. And breast cancer can happen in men also, but the ratio is very limited, like 1 in 840 or 850 in the, in the USA, it was uh, reported. But in uh, females, it is roughly 1, one in 8 females has uh, the chance of getting breast cancer in their lifetime. So it is a very high, a very alarming number. What accounts for that difference between men and women? So like when I think of like women have more 
tissue in the breast, but is there is there physically different makeup for women or what what would cause it to be so much more prevalent in women than men? Actually, it all depends on the kind of cells uh, in which these tumors grow. These cells are mostly triggered or altered or uh, modified under the influence of estrogen hormone. Fem estrogen hormone is mostly pre present in the females. In men, it is also present, but the amount is very less. So in females, the trigger is mostly either due to the effect of excessive effect or uh, you can say unrestricted uh, effect of estrogen on breast glands, breast ducts, or it can be linked with, uh, you can say, radiations to the toxins, to the carcinogens. So in men, uh, it is mostly linked with either uh, genetic mutations, it, it has a uh, linkage with genetic mutations, and also with any radiation exposure, carcinogens. So that's why in men, uh, the triggers or the effects that are causing these cancer cells to grow are lesser than females and also uh, in females there are there is a very complex mechanism of different structures inside the breast which are controlled by different hormones by different uh, body mechanisms so it is uh, becoming increasing in number due to the complex nature of the disease due to multiple triggers and also lack of awareness regarding self-care self-examination and all that there are campaigns everywhere about breast cancer. There are awareness months celebrated and everything. But the main issue is these are uh, these campaigns are time bound. Like everybody just uh, celebrates these days in the month of October. But after that, there is no buzz about it. So the basic thing is to create awareness on a global level on a uniform you can say scale like it is a self-care thing that has to be done on monthly basis on a daily basis rather than just to specify one month for it because if it was a small health issue then we can label it with one month but it is a global issue it is like a pandemic right now that every eighth female around the world is at risk of getting breast cancer this is a huge number so we need to prioritize we need to, uh, you can say, recalculate our efforts and we have to establish a global campaign to educate females of every age group, even in the teenage, because the triggers, the effects, the, uh, you can say, the hormonal issues, they all start to happen in the teenage also. But their effects are manifested, they are shown in the 30s and the 40s. So if we are caring and preventing and advising and guiding these teenagers, then we are reducing their chance of getting breast cancer in the later years. So it is all about having an organized effort in the early years to reduce the risk factors for their later life. You mentioned this typically falls on October, um, one month of awareness, and then it's kind of on the back of everyone's minds for the rest of the year. Has, have the awareness campaigns made a big difference? I've never looked into this, so I'm just curious. They do have an impact. Like if uh, they are done on a regular basis, even in the month of October, if these campaigns are done in the institutes, in the educational institutes, in the corporate sector, in uh, the media, the social media and everywhere, then it does have an impact. It gives everybody some kind of awareness, some kind of clue that something is going on, something has to be done and something has to be checked out. But uh, when we make it uh, as something specific for a, a specific time period, like for the month of October, then everybody in the uh, back of their mind, whenever uh, they find something uh, printed, or whenever they read something, uh, it's October, then they definitely know it will have something regarding cancer and all that. People start to ignore things when they these things are repetitive. So we have to uh, establish a new way, a new method to educate and guide these younger females, these teenagers, because in this era, we have to 
uh, educate and guide them in methods which are different, which are relevant to this age group, this era, this technology and IT boom and all that. Because we are using the same old methods through the social, uh, those campaigns, which were, uh, you can say, effective or more uh, used in the early uh, 2000s and all that. But right now, we have to start making a new kind of campaign. It, it should not be about breast cancer. It should be about breast awareness. Like every female should know about her own health. She should know, she should be aware of what are the good things, what are the bad things for her breast health, for her hormonal health, for her skin health. It is not just about disease. It is about awareness. It is about knowing what is good for you, what can affect your life in your, te in your teens, in your 20s and 30s. Every teen knows she is not having a risk of breast cancer. So why should she hear or listen or read all those material that we are bombarding them uh, on social media and everywhere? So we have to make everything relevant, which is relevant for their age group, for their understanding that they have to start learning about self-care, self-awareness. They should know what is normal. They should know what changes are happening and whether these changes fall in the limit of normal or borderline or abnormal. Because if we keep everything limited towards cancer, then the normal and the awareness campaign, it will uh, not be uh, something that will be uh, popular or that will be more uh, advisable for everyone to learn and to uh, guide and to teach. So we have to reprioritize and rechannelize our efforts. Okay, so what is normal? Well, what what is normal? What is not normal? What should uh, teenage women or teenage girls be mindful of, and what should they? What precautions should they be taking to hopefully prevent breast cancer later on down the road? So uh, the first thing is about uh, knowing about what is normal. So every uh, institute, every school, every college, every high school, they should have a program about uh, self-awareness, not about breast cancer. Because uh, self-awareness includes uh, what is normal for your own body. Like every female should know that breast growth can start from the age of 8 to 10 years. In some, it may be a bit earlier. In some, it may be a bit late. So everybody is different. Everybody has different hormones, different appetite, different diet, different nutrition, different hormonal factors, and even different genetic makeup. So in everybody, every female, uh, their growth, their height, their body physique, the breast growth, it will be different at different time and different at different pace. So the first thing is, there should be a program in uh, the early years, by the age of 9 to 10 years or 12 years, that there should be educators which are dedicated towards breast health, that they should guide every, uh, every kid, every teenager, early teenager, that there are changes in your body which are new to you, but these are normal. She should assess about her health. She should assess about her weight about the breast growth there are basic five stages of breast growth uh, these uh, they are usually graded in that the stage one is basically that any uh, normal kid where there is no breast growth there is no breast budding in stage one and two uh, there will be a mild budding under the nipple and the areola there will be little prominence and in stage three and four like in the 13 or 14 or 16 years age uh, girls there will be more prominence, more fatty tissue, more breast gland development under the nipple and the areola. There will be proper shaping of the breast. The nipple will be uh, protruding and all that. So all these changes correspond to certain ages. If, let's suppose, a girl of 16 to 18 years of age, if her breast growth is limited or less, then it should, uh, you can say, uh, make her aware that there is something going on which is uh, lesser than the acceptable or the normal range because the breast development should be according to her age and according to her overall breast body growth and all that. So if it is not in that range, if it is not 
corresponding to her height, corresponding to her body development, then there should be someone, some uh, coach, some healthcare professional, or even their family person who should seek guidance from a doctor, from a breast health coach or anybody who can guide, who can assess whether there is something going on, something uh, dangerous or harmful or something that is reducing the growth, which is affecting the growth of the breast. In the similar way, if the breast growth is more for her age, like if she is in 14 or 15 years of age, but the breast development is according to stage 4 or stage 5, which is the complete adult uh, breast growth by the age of 18 or 20 years. So if there is, there are factors, there are excessive hormonal factors or any dietary or any uh, disease process that, in, that accelerates the growth of the breast, then it should also be noted. So it all depends on the healthcare system, on the education system, and uh, the overall support system she has in the form of family, in the form of parents, in the form of uh, the healthcare professionals to guide and educate them about every step of the way, about every stage of development, about her body health, body growth, because these are all linked with her normal body functioning, normal body physique, and all these systems are interconnected. So it is not just about breast growth monitoring, it is about monitoring her overall body health because it affects the overall body's ability and capability to function, to learn, to grow, and definitely perform better in her later life. Why is it that, or do we know, do we know why this seems to be happening, like breast cancer happens more with younger women now than it used to? It is mostly linked with few factors which were not present uh, a decade or two decades ago. Like uh, there are more carcinogens in our environment. There are more carcinogens in the skincare products we are using. There are more uh, radiation exposures. Also, the lifestyle is changing. There is a more tendency towards the sedentary lifestyle, the lesser activity lifestyle. The diet is changing. The diet has more of these chemicals, which are rich in estrogen-like chemicals. The phytoestrogens, they are called, which have tendency to act like estrogen. They are not uh, particularly estrogen hormone, but they act like if they are like estrogen whenever we eat them in our body. So there is increased exposure to these chemicals, these carcinogens, these environmental factors. Also, due to any stress on the body, either it is emotional, either it is physical, there are a lot of triggers which are not present a decade ago. So uh, this is the main issue and the main concern that uh, our lifestyle it has changed a lot, particularly after the pandemic and all that. There is more home, uh, you can say, stay. There is more work from home routine. And all these factors, these depression, these anxieties, and all the, you can say, anxiety and stress of performing better competition and all that, it is taking a big toll on the body health, physical health, emotional health. And it affects the body's hormones. And whenever there is disruption of the hormones, hormonal balance, then definitely it will increase the uh, tendency or chance to have these kind of chronic illness, diseases, and even cancer. What are some practical steps that young women and girls can take to reduce the risk of developing cancer later on? The first and most important thing is uh, being self-aware, being uh, knowing which factors are harmful for their own body on depending on their age, depending on their lifestyle, depending on what kind of diet they have, their life activity levels and all. So the first thing is awareness. The second thing is uh, learning detailed breast self-examination. Mostly in uh, the different campaigns and the healthcare professionals, they guide the basic steps of uh, breast examination that they should check for the lump. If there is any lump, then they should uh, go to the doctor. But there are many other things that point out towards any breast health issue or any disease process that may be under uh, going on, like uh, having skin changes, like 
any nipple discharge like any uh, mark or um, wound or any kind of skin issue which is not healing any pigmentation any uh, bumps on the skin any roughness of the skin any lump formation in the armpit area all these changes they point out towards some kind of process that is not normal that can be linked with any disease any hormonal issue or even cancer if in any female there is a variation in the nipple shape size or skin color mild variation is normal but if it is pulling inwards if there is discharge if there is crack that is not healing then it should uh, trigger some kind of warning in her mind that something is going on and the third thing is uh, having a healthy lifestyle it includes uh, proper rest proper sleep time so that uh, the body hormones can be uh, in proper balance because whenever a person is not sleeping properly then the normal hormones which are supposed to work to heal the body for the body growth they will not be in their proper amount and their effect will be altered and the third second thing is uh, having a healthy diet it should include those uh, food items which are having minimum or no uh, carcinogens in the form of uh, pesticide sprays in the form of processed food preserved food they all have a high level of salts high level of preservatives acids to increase the shelf life so there will be there should be limited amount uh, consumed of these items more fresh fruits fresh vegetables meat it should be consumed on a balanced uh, proportion on a regular basis provide energy to the body and same goes for emotional health any emotional issue which is ongoing which is not resolving it will uh, reduce or it will affect the normal hormonal balance including estrogen progesterone the growth hormone the thyroid hormone so whenever they are disrupted then it affects the body's ability to heal properly it affects the body's immunity and whenever these systems are affected it increases the risk of getting any kind of disease or cancer so these are the basic steps that every female can take without having to spend any money without having to spend any time in the gym or have subscriptions of any kind they can learn all these steps on their own just with the help of basic guidance of any healthcare professional any doctor any breast health coach that they can uh, guide them about all these aspects about all these things on a basic level for them to understand it properly and start implementing on a regular basis nobody can do it on their own right from the start doing all the things but it is step wise that's why if these steps are guided gradually from their teenage they can adopt them gradually gradually so that it can help them have a better health better life afterwards when so let's say somebody or actually can you kind of walk through what does a self breast examination look like like how does that usually work uh what are people looking for you said changes like uh inverted nipples um lumps but like what what would the lump feel like what what is really concerning what should people really be watching out for so there are basically two steps of uh, self examination one uh, is the visual examination it can be done on a daily basis or any time she uh, looks in the mirror she has to compare both breasts both nipples from the front view from the side view so this is the basic visual examination she can do on her own on a daily basis or whenever uh, she has a shower or whenever she uh, changes the clothes it is simply to know uh, to compare both sides whether both breast nipples shape size and skin color is same mild variation can be there it is normal but if that variation was uh, let's suppose 5% before and suddenly she feels that it is growing the size of one side is increasing or the shape is changing or the skin color or skin tone is different on one side then it should 
uh, warn her that there is something going on which is affecting one side only okay the second thing is to notice any kind of pigmentation any newly appearing mole excessive mole or excessive pigmentation it is linked with hormonal changes it has a link with increasing risk of breast cancer if there are multiple appearances of different moles or pigmentation marks same goes for any kind of uh, scar any kind of uh, wound or any uh, you can say skin problem skin ulcer which is not healing any cut which is not healing any kind of nipple discharge if there is any kind of uh, crusting on the nipple rough skin of nipple or any uh, discharge uh, whitish bloody or uh, creamy then she should monitor it on a regular basis whether it is from one side or both so this is the basic visual examination she can do any skin dimpling any uh, prominence of one side of the breast which is not present on the other so all these things can be noted on a daily basis this is the visual examination that any person can do on a uh, whatever schedule she feels comfortable with the other is the palpation method it should be done on once a month at least and uh, preferably after four to five days after the menstrual cycle has stopped she can do it on every month or if she is postmenopausal that menstrual cycle has stopped then she can do it on first of every month just to have a reminder that she has to do it so in that uh, using three fingers the uh, the breast tissue they are pressed gently first gently and then little bit deeper just to find any kind of lump any hardness any area which feels different uh, any area which feels rougher than the other part of the breast or any part of the breast which feels a bit firmer or having a small granule like appearance like if a person presses on a bean bag there are small small vesicles or grape like structures which are felt under the uh, skin so if one part of the breast feels like spongy and the other part feel bit harder or firm it means that part is having some kind of change which is different so there are three steps of uh, palpation one is by the circular method like in the right from the whole breast tissue breast tissue starts from right under the clavicle bone till the last part of the breast felt from the central uh, sternum bone till the armpit area so it all comprises of the breast tissue so in the circular manner from one side she can do in the circular manner first the light palpation and then gently going deeper till she feels the lower the inner all the glands and the lower uh, part of the breast the second step is by the vertical method going up and down in the form of lines same palpating inside the all of the breast that if she finds any hard area any different area and the third thing is in the wedge method like one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock so in this way the whole breast tissue should be examined mostly it is taught just to do the circular method and check if there is any kind of lump or any hardness or anything uh, present inside the breast but unless a person is doing by all these methods the smaller lumps the lumps which are tubular in the in the form or lumps which are movable they can be missed or their size or location can be uh, misdiagnosed so doing all these methods is important and the uh, the most important is to repeat this examination in the standing and lying position both because in the standing position some part of the breast is more prominent and other is less but in the lying position same part of the breast which was more prominent it gets less prominent due to the effect of the gravity because if gravity is not pulling towards the side not towards the center so whenever the breast tissue is shifted from one side then definitely uh, that person has access to those areas also so these steps have to be repeated on a monthly basis but if a person starts doing these uh, steps from her teenage then she knows what is normal for her or she is doing it from many years on every month but if a person if any female she does these steps once or twice a year 
and she skips all these steps, she may not have the idea what is normal for her. What normal breast tissue feels like, maybe she feels that this is abnormal because she is feeling bit lumpiness in the whole breast. Maybe she has dense breast right from the start, but she ignored the self-examination and now she doesn't even recognize her own breast tissue, how it feels inside. So it is very important that she starts to do these steps from her teenage so that she is aware of her own breast, her own body, what is normal. And if she feels anything different, then only she can detect it. Otherwise, it will be a something new and something strange for her whenever she touches her breast after three months or six months. So this is the whole concept that she has to be aware of all these structures right from the start so that every change she can pick it up right from, uh, as it starts. And early detection is the only way to cure the breast cancer. Because if the breast lump grows, if it spreads, then it is very hard to cure. Let's say somebody is doing a, a breast examination and they do find something troubling. They find a lump or, or discoloration or, or something abnormal. What are the next steps? What, what could that person expect as far as additional screening and, and methods to determine whether they actually have cancer potentially or, or if it's something else? So the first thing is uh, self-examination. If she finds anything abnormal or anything different, then the first thing she has to do is to visit any uh, healthcare professional, her own GP, her own doctor, her own uh, gynecologist. She can visit them. She can uh, tell them about her findings, her concerns. The doctor will do the physical examination herself. And if she, he or she finds that there is something different, something suspicious, then they can go for ultrasound or mammogram. Mammograms are usually done after the age of 40 years or in some part of the world, it is done after the age of 35 years. But younger women have dense breasts. So in these women, uh, mammogram, mammograph or mammogram is not that much effective. So breast ultrasound has to be done along with the mammogram. What is, what exactly is a mammogram? Like what happens during that? Mammogram is basically like an x-ray. It takes a different view of the breast glands, right? Uh, it is uh, having radiation over the breast tissue to have a deeper uh, understanding and deeper visualization of the structures which are present. It gives a clue about having a dense breast or a less dense breast. It also gives a clue about any calcification or any lump which can be present there. So it, it is a good screening tool after the age of 40 years on a regular basis that every year or after every two years, whenever a female has mammogram, then it is a record of her own breast gland and duct structure. If there is any change, it can be noted and it can be identified on a regular basis. Uh, like every year if she has this, then the whole previous record, she can compare and the doctor can compare whether there are changes which are in the normal limit or anything abnormal going on. So the other thing that adds or helps in this diagnosis is the MRI. MRI of the breast is a very good uh, modality to check for any kind of uh, problems, whether in the skin tissue, in the glands, in the ducts, in the muscles underlying, or any pathology in the lymph glands if their size is increasing. So to add uh, with the mammogram, there are breast ultrasound and MRI, which both all the combination of these three can help us detect any kind of breast lump, any kind of breast problem, which she may have. How reliable is the ultrasound? Should it always be paired with MRI or um, is it how, how reliable is it as a diagnostic test? I, I'd imagine it's sending sound waves to determine uh, changes in density, right? Ultrasound is basically uh, like a sonar that we send out sound waves and it comes back and uh, that those sound waves which are returning back, they are traced on the ultrasound screen. 
So we are basically detecting the structure of the breast right from the skin till the deeper part, which is uh, visualized. So breast ultrasound is a very good, very effective tool because it can be done in any age group. It can be done in uh, younger girls in their teens also and even in their 80s or 90s because it doesn't have any radiation it doesn't pose any kind of uh, threat or any carcinogen or anything that is harmful for the body so it can be done on a regular basis even on the monthly basis it can be done and it helps detect any kind of mass any lump any cancerous lump and even it is helpful in detecting changes in the breast glands in the breast ducts anything if she is having pain any kind of blockage in the breast ducts or any lymph node swelling all these things can be noted and it is real time that while she is breathing while she is moving her arm all these structures moving we can check them we can detect any kind of problem so we can also check if the source of the pain is from the breast tissue or it is muscular like with the arm movement if there is any kind of inflammation in the uh, muscle tendon and it is felt in the armpit area then we can detect that it is not linked with any lymph node it is linked with that muscle swelling or that uh, muscle tendon swelling so it helps in uh, localizing the problem it helps in differentiating different kind of issues that are linked with breast or any other associated uh, organ or tissue. So it is a very helpful modality. Is it typically much less expensive than MRIs? Is it more cost effective? Yes, definitely. It is uh, cost effective. It is easily available. It can be done even in the outdoors. It can be done even if a mobile health unit, it has a sound. It can be done in any place. It because it doesn't involve any kind of heavy setup, doesn't involve any kind of excessive use of energy. There are portable ultrasounds also. So as it is my specialty, I'm basically uh, obstetrical and gynecological ultrasound consultant. So for me, it is a very helpful tool to screen for any kind of changes. That's why I'm offering all these uh, screening breast screening camps as it is already low cost but uh, i offer these camps or even more low cost so that everybody every female can afford everybody can come and they can have their breast scan done so it not only helps in identifying any kind of cancer slump but also if she's having any kind of pain any discharge we can uh, reassure them that not every change is linked with cancer either it is due to her hormonal change she is feeling pain due to congestion in her ducts or due to any infection in the armpit lymph nodes. So it helps in reassuring them in giving them confidence that not everything is linked with cancer. There are many other things that she may have uh, which are treatable, curable, which are not harmful and which does not pose any kind of threat to life as they are totally treatable. And these these steps help in gaining the confidence of the patient, confidence of the female, that whenever she feels any kind of problem, she can visit a doctor without having the fear or phobia that every time she visits, she will be given a bad news. So regular screening, these small steps, they help in reassuring every female that not everything is cancerous, not everything is life-threatening. There are a lot of changes happening in the body which are linked with either some kind of pathological issue or physiological issues. So to create awareness, to give them hope and to give encourage them to seek guidance whenever they feel any kind of problem, these tools help us. So that's why I always encourage females to have at least yearly ultrasound, whether they feel any kind of problem or not, whether they are in their teens, in their 20s or 30s, Having a yearly ultrasound doesn't give them any kind of hazard, but it helps them understand their own body. It helps them track the changes that are occurring in their breast, in their glands, in their ducts. And if they feel any kind of problem, even a small lump, a four to five millimeter lump, which is not palpable with the fingers, 
during self-examination, it can be detected on ultrasound. And a smaller lump detected, it can be biopsied. And if it is found cancerous, it can be treated completely without having to remove the whole breast also. So that's why I think ultrasound is helping a lot of females to get early diagnosis because before they are diagnosing it by palpation or if a doctor is palpating them and diagnosing it, it can be diagnosed on a simple ultrasound and it is very helpful in saving lives, in saving excessive cost of treatment and undue complications of the surgery also. You mentioned some of uh, some things that can be mistaken for cancer initially that aren't as serious. What are some of those conditions or or anything that can be mistaken for breast cancer and ruled out with ultrasound? Uh, there are basically two kinds of uh, lumps, as I already mentioned. One is the cancerous one and other is the non-cancerous one. The cancerous ones are those which are having tendency to grow and to invade and cause a disease which is either curable or not curable. In the same way, there are some kind of lumps in the breast which are not cancerous, like fibroadenomas. They are basically a collection of cells which are uh, growing, but they are not invading any uh, surrounding structure. So by palpation, if any female feels that she has any kind of lump, ultrasound can help in detecting whether this lump has a more tendency to be found out as a cancerous one or non-cancerous one. The second thing is small cysts can be diagnosed. There are fibrocystic changes, uh, which are basically the hard uh, tissue, the hard gland that is felt with the help of fingers. It is uh, found or formed under the influence of estrogen hormones. There are small cystic changes, small, uh, you can say, fluid-filled like structures which appear inside the breast glands. They are not cancerous, but they have a tendency to lead towards breast cancer, increasing risks of breast cancer. But on their own, they are not cancerous. So these changes can be identified with the help of ultrasound. And if any lump is found, which is which appears benign, which appears non-cancerous, then they can be informed that you are having some kind of lump, which appears to be normal, uh, in a sense that it is not cancerous. But you have to monitor it. You have to watch closely if there are size changes in it, if it grows, and then it should be biopsied and it should be removed. So it helps in uh, giving them some kind of uh, hope that not everything is cancerous. It helps us identify that these are non-cancerous lumps. And mostly, ultrasound is very helpful in uh, detecting or demarcating between a cancerous and non-cancerous lump. But uh, the 100% diagnosis is only by uh, doing a biopsy, by either by inserting a needle in it or removing the part of the lump or the whole lump and then checking it for the kind of cells it has. So in the same way, if she is having pain, she is having one part of the breast which is very sore, aching, it can be due to inflammation or any kind of infection. This infection or inflammation can be due to cancer or it can be due to any uh, abscess formation or pus formation due to any uh, blocked duct, built ducts which are blocked, then they can get infected. It, this infection can also happen due to any kind of crack in the nipple area. If it is not healed, then uh, it can have an abscess or pus collection under the nipple, under the areola area. Same, these all changes can be identified. They can be diagnosed with the help of ultrasound without having to do any kind of surgery or inserting any kind of needle. So these are all the changes that ultrasound can help us identify and differentiate between the cancerous one and the non-cancerous one. Let's say somebody does develop cancer cells in their breast. We, we were talking earlier about how currently, you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and then it, it's kind of 
out of sight, out of mind for 11 months of the year after that. Let's say somebody does a check in October, they don't catch anything, and then something were starting to develop in November, and they just didn't catch it, and they weren't going to do a check until October of the next year. What can happen in those 11 months? We are not sure what's going to happen to us in the next moment. Yeah. So just imagine uh, the next moment, the next week, the next month, 11 months. So it is a big gap for human life, for human body. Uh, 11 months or even a one month is a big time. It's a very long time. Because changes are happening in our body on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on every minute, the heart pumps and everything. So changes can happen. It can be uh, slow that it can take many years to develop or in some if they are having any kind of nutritional deficiency, hormonal issues, radiation exposure, bundled with their emotional health issues, then these changes which take months in some females, for her it may take a couple of weeks to trigger and to grow and to manifest itself in a life-threatening condition. So that's why a regular examination is very important. Are there how many stages of cancer are there? I know there's at least five, right? Is that it? There are basically four stages of cancer four. that they are usually staged. The stage one is a stage in which the size is very small. It is limited. That area, it is uh, not easily palpable because the size is very small. And as it grows, like it is like three centimeter, easily palpable with the hand, uh, with the fingers like the size of the almond. So at that time, it is not spreading to any other part of the body, not, not in the lymph nodes. So in these two stages, when it is confined, it is limited to that part only. It is easy to be taken out in the form of surgery. So only the part of the breast, it can be removed. It is If it is very small, there is no lymph node involvement. But if in stage three, if the lymph nodes of the armpit are involved, then the whole breast tissue has to be removed. All of the lymph nodes have to be removed. It has its own complications. The recovery is variable. In most females, it is good, but in some, it can have a problem. The five-year survival, it goes down from 100% to 70-80%. For stage one, stage two, it is it can be up to 95% that above uh, uh, 95 out of 100 females, they will have a uh, good life expectancy even for 10, 20 years without recurrence and all that. But as it grows, as it spreads, as the cancer cells uh, spread through the blood vessels, through the lymph nodes, to other parts of the body, then this recovery is very slow, very low chance of complete uh, recovery and complete treatment. And the five-year survival rate, it goes down to 20 to 25% only. In the stage four, it is very complication stage. It is very hard to cure, very hard to control. So the best thing to do is to detect it early, to get it cured early, and to reduce the risk factors that triggered the formation of cancer cells in the first place. And you were mentioning before, like, things can happen either slowly or quickly. So like a progression from stage one to stage four, there's no definitive amount of time that could take. It could take weeks or it could take years potentially. Yes, because everybody is having a different hormonal balance, different triggers, because we don't know which mechanism or which thing triggered this cancer cell formation in the first place. Maybe we are just looking towards the hormones but we are uh, ignoring the environment that person is living in. Maybe it has carcinogens, maybe it has radiation exposure. The workplace may have a radiation exposure. So we don't know which thing is causing, which is triggering these cells to grow or multiply. But there are certain things which have a definitive effect. Uh, the one thing is the hormone, the other is the diet, the third is uh, the lifestyle, the fourth is uh, the 
mental emotional health status the fifth is the environment in which they are living and the sixth is uh, the kind of uh, radiation exposure that person may have so all these triggered can have a burden effect or a single effect depending on the, the age on the lifestyle on the work environment and anything that is adding towards the stress on the body and the mind so uh, these all factors are there and it is variable for everyone so that's why we cannot predict what's going to happen to that person even with or without treatment so everybody is different with radiation radiation is known as a source of a potential source of cancer um but then it's also used as a treatment in some cases what is the difference in how it's used as a treatment uh, versus exposure that can cause cancer. It is like uh, targeting a specific part. So in the in the radiotherapy or the radiation therapy, it, we are targeting a specific part of the breast or specific part or, or the area of the body which has these cells. We are basically trying to reduce their size by destroying these cells. It also destroys and damages. The surrounding cells also which are normal but the main focus is to destroy these cells which are cancer cells so it is at something that is targeted but the other radiation which is present in our environment or anything that we are using or anything which we are handling so their exposure and their effect is on the whole body so that's why it is different and the radiation therapy it is uh, limited for a specific time only it is done but the environmental radiation it is uh, present there the whole day and the whole night for some people and for some it is present for six to eight or ten hours of their work time so the radiation level exposure and the duration it varies what are some things about cancer or breast cancer specifically that we just don't know yet. What are what are the things that we're just still in the dark about? Like uh, most females, they are uh, unaware of uh, these chemicals which they consume on a regular basis in the in the form of their diet, which are uh, phytoestrogens, which have estrogen-like tendency. We are not educating our females or even men also any person that there are food items which are rich in estrogen-like components. And if a person, if any female, she has cancer or she has tendency to have cancer cells growth. So if she is consuming these food items, then it feeds these cells. It helps them grow. Like there uh, are phytoestrogen in uh, sunflower seeds in the fennel. These estrogens are present in apples. They are present in uh, barley, in wheat. So all these uh, food items, they have phytoestrogens. And if a person is having an excessive amount of these chemicals inside the body, also there are chemicals present in the pesticides. There are chemicals present in the skincare products, in the plastics. All these things, if they are added to the diet, to the lifestyle, to the skin, they're applied. So they have an increasing damaging effect on the body, which can trigger either the, it can trigger the growth of cells or it can trigger the damaged cells to form and increase in their number and size and convert into tumor cells. The same thing is that. Uh, mostly females, they are not aware about, uh, you can say, the fabric they are using, the dyes it has. These dyes, some kind of dyes, they have tendency to be absorbed through skin. They are carcinogens. The fabric used, especially the bra used or any kind of fabric uh, that is worn, if it has these kind of chemicals, which are carcinogens, proven carcinogens, and if they're, uh, they are using these toxic chemicals, which are treated 
to these fabrics which are added to these fabrics to give them their texture color and all and all those uh, fancy look so if they are worn on a regular basis then these chemicals can be absorbed through skin and it increases the chance of getting cancer not just breast cancer skin cancer also so these things have a link with uh, cancer formation breast cancer formation which are not usually advised which are not usually promoted or guided in the social media or any campaign because all these things they are linked with uh, different commercial aspects different industries and they will not uh, let everyone promote this information that you have to limit the use of these things same is with uh, the processed food the processed meat same is with uh, the, the fast food the very oily food all these things they have a tendency to increase uh, hormonal changes to increase uh, the levels of carcinogens in the body and definitely it will have an effect on the body health and breast health also you mentioned the chemicals in, in things like apples and, and sunflower seeds. Those chemicals are present regardless of how they're grown. So you're not just talking organic versus uh, 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 pesticides and stuff like that. These are just chemicals that are naturally in these foods? They are, they are naturally present. They are uh, called phytoestrogens. They act like estrogen in the body. Everybody can consume them. I'm not telling that you should not consume these items. Everybody should consume because they are healthy food. They have fiber, they have vitamins, minerals, trace elements and everything. But for those females who have a tendency to have increased estrogen in their body, if they have estrogen dominance or if they are having a cancer which is estrogen positive, that they have receptors which are responding towards estrogen hormone and we are giving them medicine to reduce the estrogen levels but in the same time if they are consuming these food items on a regular basis or in higher amount then that medicine or that therapy will not add much effective because we are giving an external source of estrogen in the body so it is all about knowing the kind of a hormonal balance a person has or the disease process and if a person is having estrogen dominance if a female is having a kind of cancer which is estrogen positive then the doctor or the healthcare professional should guide them about these food items that you should limit the use of these items if uh, not because they are healthy food they are very good food items they are rich in energy source so we should not stop them we should limit their use. We should use them in proper proportion which falls under the safer limits. So it all can be done with proper awareness, proper guidance that we have to use those food items, those chemicals, those dyes, those uh, skincare products and those pesticides which are having minimum or least amount of these chemicals which are harmful to the skin, which are harmful to the body, not just for a person who is having tendency of breast cancer, but every person, every teenager, every kid, if they are consuming these food items, if they are sprayed with pesticides, if they are uh, high in BPAs, if they are high in phenols, all these chemicals, they have a dangerous uh, effect on the body also of any person not just female males also kids also so we have to educate and guide and we have to prioritize our health first there's a lot of things that can potentially affect this um, based on this conversation we've had what would you like to see change in the world going forward to better the health of people if I had to recommend, I would recommend two things. First is awareness. Awareness uh, on the scale that every person should have access to the information which is relevant to their age group, which is relevant to their socioeconomic condition and which is relevant to their work environment. 
because if we are giving them information which is not relevant to them they will not listen they will not correlate it with their own body or their own lifestyle so first thing is awareness and second thing is, is proper access to the facilities healthcare facilities as well as learning facilities because if we are uh, telling them that you should be aware you should be uh, learning about your body then she should have resource to learn about her body not just from googling it or learning it online but there should be dedicated healthcare professionals towards breast health towards not just cancer generalized breast health hormonal health so there these two things they can reduce the burden of uh, the budget on the healthcare system also because we are availing them we are reducing their risk of getting disease or cancer if lesser number of females are diagnosed then there will be less cost of treatment less burden on the healthcare system less burden on the insurance system less burden on the family also because they will be detecting the problem early treating it early so all these things begin with the simple concept of awareness and giving them proper resource to learn and to get it diagnosed Dr. Mustafa it's been a very enlightening conversation I I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today before we wrap up could you give the listeners um a way to find you and and reach you if uh if they want to work with you or or get more information from you or and and anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up okay so uh just to give a basic intro about my work i've been working for over 17 years now in the healthcare profession uh, i'm basically a family physician and later i did my mphil in obstetrical and gynecological ultrasound and i have been providing uh, diagnostic ultrasound facilities for more than a decade now and particularly i am focusing on uh, obstetrical and gynecological ultrasound and breast health and breast cancer awareness my organization is working for more than a year now which is a non-funded organization and i arrange uh, online uh, training sessions in for groups for individuals about breast health breast cancer awareness breast self awareness guiding them teaching them about different steps how they can self learn self diagnose their own issues breast health issues to improve their breast health live a healthy life so uh, they everybody can uh, access my free website which has all the information regarding breast health breast cancer different aspects of it uh, the, the website is bebreastaware.org so anybody can access it it is totally free for everyone it is available in two languages my own country's language urdu and english everybody uh, can read anything from it it is an open resource for everyone and secondly uh, anybody if they want to reach there is opt in form available there they can email me or they can contact me through facebook through linkedin i am active in many uh, facebook groups where i offer free consultation services free uh, anybody can contact me regarding their ultrasound reports their mammograms and i try to guide and coach them but uh, for personalized coaching sessions anybody can uh, ask for appointment so i am establishing uh, dedicated breast coaching uh, sessions also there will be website uh, coming up soon in couple of weeks so if anybody wants to have a dedicated breast health awareness breast cancer awareness risk factor assessment breast health coaching sessions so they can schedule it they can have it a uh, complete uh, coaching program they can enroll in where they can reduce their risk factors for developing breast disease and breast cancer the avoidable risk factors so the things which a person can control they can learn how to control it how to manage it and how to have a healthy and happy life so i help and guide them in all these aspects so these are all the things that uh, i offer on a regular basis and the best thing that i think i have tried to do is establishing the website which has all the information anybody can learn anybody can read 
and if they have any kind of questions they can ask me on facebook on linkedin they can contact thank you thank you so much for sharing all of this information today it's been very very enlightening and most welcome thank you thank you for listening to this episode of thoughtfully mindless if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to leave a five-star review that's greatly appreciated if you feel like i've earned it and if you want to share this episode with anyone you feel might enjoy it, that always helps out a lot too. I always love hearing your feedback and what you're feeling about the podcast. So find me on social media at Twitter at TM Convos and TikTok and Instagram at Thoughtfully Mindless. Thank you for listening. Until next time.